Coming up in this episode, I'll discuss my decision to enlist the help of a book blogging tour service and I'll share my attempts to grow my email list, whether I've made any progress on book two and what I'm doing to get more book reviews for my crime thriller novella Missing. Welcome to the Authorpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, thriller writer, Amelia D. Hay. On this podcast, I will bring you writing, book marketing, and self-publishing advice so that you can create your dream author business, build your author platform, and be creatively independent. You can find the episode show notes and lots more information on the podcast page at ameliahay.com forward slash podcast. Hello, writers. At the end of February, I faced the infamous chicken or the egg scenario that every author faces, book reviews or sales. And I made progress with growing my fiction email list. By now, you're probably wondering whether I started rewriting my second book after all of that planning. If you are, then you'll find the answer to that question as well as many more in this podcast episode, so stay tuned. Just to let you know, this episode was recorded on Wednesday the 1st of April, so this show is primarily me looking back at the week starting from February 24th to the 1st of March. As I've clearly pointed out, there's quite a considerable gap the time frame that I'm reflecting on during this podcast diary and the date that I'm recording that. Partly it has to do with the current situation where everyone is on lockdown, and my husband has also been working from home He started working from home the week that I was supposed to record this podcast. So I've had this script and the notes already for several weeks now. So I was supposed to record this episode on, just checking my little diary, the 13th of March. And that week, my husband started working from home just due to the contagious nature of the virus. And because I'm no longer working from home on my own, I have to share my workplace. So this is the thing I've gotten out of this sort of health crisis is I've learned to share. And it means I can't record or film things whenever I felt like it. I had to consider other people. So this has put me behind my podcast. But I'm going to try and catch up. And as a result of that, I'll probably record these podcast diaries every fortnight. And when I'm recording, I will try and stick to less like a podcast episode length of less than 30 minutes, around 20 to 30 minutes. I won't go over because because it sounds obnoxious, me talking about myself for half an hour, for more than half an hour. It just seems pretty excessive. Or to me, it does at least. So I'm just putting my little calendar back. So that's sort of why there's been a huge lag. I've had to figure out how we can sort of work together and not approach upon each other's workloads, if that makes sense. Throughout this episode, I will be referencing tools and services that I've used. If you're interested in reading the transcript or would like links to anything that I've mentioned in the show, then check out the very long blog post or edited transcript at ameliahay.com forward slash BTS 028. A link to that blog post will also be in the show notes in your favorite podcasting app or under the YouTube video if you're watching this on YouTube.
in the last podcast episode, I mentioned that I wanted to focus on growing my email list and getting reviews. And I'm proud to announce that I followed through with this goal. For now, I want to focus on growing my email list. To aid my goal of growing my email list, I decided to change the settings on the book funnel link for my reader magnet, The Lawn. What was this change? In the landing page settings, I changed the email subscription setting from must opt-in to an optional opt-in. After I made this change, I was concerned that no one would opt-in. As a result of this one change, I've received three subscribers overnight. The fiction email list for my James Lawn series has grown from 12 to 18 subscribers in MailerLite. I know there's only six subscribers, but these people are six strangers from Facebook who have never heard of me or my books. As per the screenshot on the screen or in the blog post you'll notice that I had six downloads and seven claims. Only one person chose to not opt in to my email newsletter. That's a far cry from what I had originally thought would happen. The other change I made was adding offers to my author Facebook page and changing the cover images to advertise my reader magnet The Lawn. And just to let you know what I mean by changing the cover is when you look at a Facebook page belonging to like an author or author or an artist or a company, you'll see that there are images at the front. So I've changed those cover images, not the cover of my book, to advertise the lawn. I'll add those images to screen right now so you can see what I mean. And I'll add these over in the blog post. For those of you who are listening to this podcast in an app, next week I will focus on advertising the offer for my short story instead of boosting a post just to see if it converts better. Another thing that I've been doing right from the start is keeping the book funnel subscribers in different groups or segmentations. While we're on the topic of using MailerLite, I kept having a problem where emails were failing to be processed through one of my automation queues. To correct this, I needed to manually add them back into the queue by selecting all of the email addresses and then selecting add back to the queue. This action adds the emails back into the queue at the point where the email failed, but it's manual and I needed to go in and check that no emails have failed. Like I don't get a notification for this. I don't have to tell you how frustrating it is to babysit an email service. At present, this has happened twice on different automation queues. Did I mention that I actually have 10 automation queues? There is a part of me that's regretting leaving MailChimp. Yes, there's this is a regret for me because I've never had this problem and I could set up and forget my automation queues and only update the queues as needed. I was with MailChimp from 2011 back when I was doing life coaching and writing a lot of self-help and personal development type of articles. I actually changed because I saw a blog post by this quite influential voice in the independent author space and I thought, and I was heavily influenced by the article, but I still chose to change and I have to admit, I feel that all, that MailChimp is a much better service. You can do more complicated things, whereas I feel that MailerLite is quite, it's simple, but it's also complicated. And I guess I'm sort of saying this off the back of the frustration over having to double check my automation queues every now and then and add emails back into the queue when they've failed because I don't get a notification like, where is that notification? Because if it's happening, the service should be able to tell me, oh, by the way, this is not working well, but it doesn't work like that. So if you're doing something basic, if you've just got one list, then maybe Mail MailerLite is right for you. But if you have 10 automation queues for 10 different things, it's going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. 
On Monday the 24th of February, I shared a blog post featuring the first chapter of my crime thriller short story, The Lawn, on Facebook and boosted the post to my predetermined target audience. Over a seven-day period, I chose a budget of £30 or $38.31. Because Facebook is a US company, they don't add sales tax until the ad has come to a close. The VAT brought the ad spend up to £36 or US dollars. So what did that ad get me in terms of clicks and subscribers? I'm going to add a screenshot of this over in the blog post and on the screen on the YouTube video, but if you want to see the image and you're listening to the podcast episode, then come on over to the blog post. My boosted posts reached 5,975 people, which resulted in 208 clicks. In the previous segment, I mentioned that I received a total of six signups for my short story, The Lawn. That's a three percent sign up rate which which isn't brilliant but I only spent 36 pounds so it's not a big deal. The good news is I now have something to compare the next set of Facebook ads to. As always in the next podcast episode I'll let you know the statistics from promoting my offer. In order to get book views for my debut crime thriller, Missing, I've turned to a group of services. The reason for this is because I launched with with an extremely small email list. During the week starting from February 24th, I applied for three services. These services are many books, Readsy Discovery and a book blogging tour. On Monday, I applied for a many books promotion focusing on getting retail reviews. All I had to do was fill out, fill out a Google form and I've been waiting for a response ever since. To be perfectly honest, I haven't received a reply or even an acknowledgement and I'm not sure if I'm going to get a response because it's been a month at this point. So I'm wondering if there was an like an error occurred because I'd used Google Chrome. So I'm wondering if there was like an error or something went wrong or went into spam. So I think it's unusual for a company just to straight up not reply to you. And now for the second service that I used. After scrolling through Readsy's list of book promotion sites, I found a service run by Readsy called Readsy Discovery. The service connects your book with readers who are interested in reading books and leaving an honest review. It's important to add the list of reviewers Readsy has is at over 150, and that's across all genres. They're not actually quite specific about this. The service doesn't disclose any further data beyond this point. In typical Readsy style, the website was easy to navigate which made submission easy and painless. A submission costed me 50 US dollars or 38 pounds and 80 pence. From memory, I think you need to select a date that's more than 30 days in advance. The date I selected for my novella was to go live on Tuesday, the 31st of March. And so far, one reviewer has picked up my crime thriller novella. I received that notification on I think it was the 1st of March. I do have further thoughts about this service and I had an experience that was unexpected and let's just say I'm not happy and I really mean it like I'm not happy with the service that I received and the interaction with the staff and so basically the service isn't quite what expected. So in the in the, the reason why I'm saying this now is because this the script and the notes for this was written in the past and I've got the beauty of hindsight now. I've, in the upcoming podcast episodes, I will actually talk a little bit more about my 
experience with Reads Your Discovery and how I feel, but I want to word it really carefully because I don't want to, I want to make sure that what I say is fair and isn't too emotional, but I'll leave it there. I'll leave it here for now because I don't want to say something that's sort of off the cuff. I want to really think about what I want to say and whether I would recommend this and the circumstances I would recommend this service or not. I will keep you updated about my experience with, with Reezy Discovery in upcoming podcast episodes. After much deliberation, I've decided to say yes to the book blogging services that I inquired about in January. The talk I signed up for will have a duration of seven days and costs 80 US dollars. As a part of this service, the organizer Sarah Hardy promises a minimum of seven book blogger reviews, but cannot promise whether the reviews will be positive or negative. For obvious reasons, the service needs to be scheduled two months in advance. So the book blogging tour for Missing will start on the 28th of April and Sarah Hardy has actually already started advertising as of, I think it was on the 30th of March, there was the official advertising for the book blogging promo for Missing. Over the weekend, I received a confirmation that 14 book bloggers want to read my novella. I'm yet to pay for this service, partly because I haven't received a payment link. At present, I'm both excited and nervous about my book tour, partly because I now know people are reading Missing. I know it's so strange to write a book and then be a little panicked about people reading the book, but that's where I'm at right now. Once again, I felt tempted by Kindle Unlimited, partly because I feel frustrated by my marketing efforts, but being in Kindle Unlimited may not change that experience for me. On top of that, I can't delist my books because I'm enrolled in the Kobo subscription service until the end of April. As a result, I plucked up the courage and asked for the Kobo promo tab. All I did was send off an email and ask for the tab. It was easy as that. I applied for a daily deal in March and was knocked back. From what I saw, most of the promotions available are for free books, which is a bit unexpected, partly because I'm in the mindset of trying to generate more sales. After much deliberation, I'm starting to see the value in giving away books for free because you receive one review for every 100 sales. So this author is changing her tune about free promotions. We finally reached the point in the podcast where I'm going to sound like a title nag, but it's worth sharing anyway. On Monday, I asked Roland about the French translation and whether I could persuade him to use a translation created with artificial intelligence. My husband said no a few months ago, and I mentioned he wanted to do a bespoke translation where he would choose every word. I thought I might give him a bit of a nudge and see if I could turn him over to the dark side of AI. Roland said he didn't want to use AI for the first draft, because he was worried it would cause him to make lazy choices while translating the English elements of my story into French. The example he gave me was a police constable is simply called an agent in French and he wasn't sure how the AI would handle instances like this. So my husband won that one. Not that it was an argument, but he gave me something to think about that I'd never considered, I guess mainly because I'd never really had to translate something into another language before. So yes, he won. On Thursday, I decided to start rewriting the first act of book two because there were very little changes to that part of the story arc. 
In the first act, there is only one new scene, setting changes, but no changes to the plot at this point. Before I started rewriting the first chapter, I already knew how I wanted the first line to sound. Knowing this made the rest of the chapter much easier to rewrite. During the rewrite, I spent a lot of time researching how to describe certain sounds because I tend to leave these elements out of the first draft. I had a ton of fun researching locations, types of trees, and tracking my characters' movements through the grounds of Trinity College, all in the spirit of adding a level of realism to the story. At the moment, I'm considering writing a prologue set in the time of Henry VIII, but I may add this as a chapter one to avoid calling it a prologue. So why would I do that? In a training on writing thrillers, James Scott Bell gave this advice as a way of preventing readers from skipping it, thinking the chapter is important. At the start of my writing day, my word count was 46,853 words. Upon finishing rewriting chapter one, the total word count for book two is 47,268 words. I added a total of 415 words to the story and chapter one is now rewritten. The first chapter was edited using both Grammarly and co-writing aid and now it's ready to be analysed by Autocrit. In order for you to get the most out of that service, the entire book needs to be finished and imported into the program because it analyzes all of the words in your story. And you get a better feel as to the state of your overall draft when you do that. It's definitely much better than importing chapter, chapter by chapter. So that's all of the tasks I completed in terms of writing, book marketing and email marketing. Over the next few weeks, I want to continue to focus on growing my email list and rewriting my second book. During the next week, depending upon how much writing I get done, I will be making a final decision about whether I want to do a pre-order for book two. Next Saturday, I'll release another diary episode where I will continue to discuss my writing and book marketing endeavours. If you have any questions or have tips on book marketing that you would love to share with me, please come over to the blog post at ameliahay.com forward slash bts028 and share your thoughts in the comments section. Or alternatively, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can leave those comments down below. Thank you for listening and happy reading and writing, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Authorpreneur podcast. If you love this episode, then hit the subscribe button and leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. I'm your host, Amelia D. Hay, and I'll see you next week for another episode.